Arguments About Nothing is brought to you by being fully vaccinated and re-entering the world. Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. Uh, and we're so glad that you've chosen to join us once again on the journey that is Arguments About Nothing. If you've never listened to us before, Arguments About Nothing is a podcast in which we discuss silly, hypothetical situations seriously, as if they are something, when in fact they are very obviously nothing. And today, we will be kicking things off with a question from everyone's favorite little sister, Kate's The Corner. nation's little sister. Here we yes. go. <laughs> so, our Kate's Corner today, and again, for those who don't know, Kate is everyone's little sister. She's your little sister. She's my little sister. She's my little sister. She's everyone's little sister. Yeah, and she just happens to be a little bit more my little sister. I'll allow that. Okay. I get a little extra. Uh, all right. So Kate's question is, would you rather have to sleep outside in a tent wherever you want to pitch a tent or live in an airport for three months? And she qualified live in an airport like the movie The Terminal with Tom Hanks. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So would you rather live in a tent, but you can pitch it wherever you want or live in an airport terminal for three months? I don't see the benefit of living in an airport terminal. Well, it's heated and, you know, it it's temperature controlled and it's covered and it has bathrooms and toilets and... The bathrooms food. and toilets are the only... But, like, a tent... I can leave the tent, right? Like, <laughs> yes. like I can go to a restaurant. <laughs> I assume you can leave the airport terminal, too. Oh, well, he couldn't leave the airport terminal. Yeah, I guess I don't think she meant that, like, you're stuck there, like, your visa doesn't work. I uh, don't know that she meant, like, the the whole way, like, the terminal, so much as she just meant he had to live there, sleep there, use the restrooms there. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know. I think I would rather go camping than live in an airport terminal. <laughs> like, like, I'm not what is- surprised by your answer, I will say. Three months is shorter than the Appalachian Trail, so <laughs> I, uh, you know, I kind of aspire to one day live in a tent for, like, six months, so if I, if, like, there's a through hike in New Zealand that I won't even begin to try to say the name of because uh, it's in, like, the indigenous language there, um, but it takes about three months. Yeah, I'm that one. I would just go do that. I would live in a tent. Would you actually like living in a tent for three months i mean would i like living in an airport terminal for three months well no i mean i understand that you're picking the tent but i'm i'm trying to gauge are you picking the tent because you're actually excited about the tent or are you picking the tent because it's just better than an airport i've actually always really wanted to do a through hike um like that's one of like kind of my bucket list goals so i think i would be excited about living in the tent wow that is not how I feel about it. <laughs> my my mom is uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail, p- part of the Appalachian Trail this week. Uh, as as we speak, she is out there in her tent, uh, which unfortunately I think it's raining really badly. 
And Yikes. she's got one of those super lightweight tents that she said is basically like thick uh, cling wrap almost. It's like, <laughs> it's very, very, very uh, small. And she's, she's done all this work to get it prepared for it. And she's so excited about it. And it's so much fun for her. And I hear it. And I'm just like, that is not for me. <laughs> that, is not, that is not something I would be interested in doing. I don't, I do like camping. But like for extended periods of time, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I love a weekend camping or even a week. But it just three months camping, three months without real showers. Well, not that you'd have showers in an airport terminal, but three months without bathrooms, three months of trying to cook things over your campfire. Not that the airport is better. Like I think I'm just more torn about this than you are because the airport is like you have to spend a ton of money to eat at the crappy restaurants that they have. But I don't know. After three months of eating whatever I was able to cook over a campfire, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be hard because I I think even when you're doing a through hike, lots of people will take zero days and like go to a motel and do their laundry and stuff like that. yeah, no, you'd have to really be roughing it. Yeah. Every, no, for every sh- chore is something that you're doing in nature. Well, like, she says you live in a tent, but I, I'm imagining, like, I could hitch a ride into town and go to a laundromat and a Taco Bell if I wanted to. I just have to sleep in the tent. I guess that, I guess that's true. So is it more comfortable to sleep in a tent or to sleep in an airport terminal that's big and cavernous and temperature control i think personally like if i have a good sleeping pad and stuff i would rather sleep in a tent where no one's looking at me and i can't be i'm I'm probably not gonna be mugged and there's no like cleaning crew vacuuming at two o'clock in the morning yeah probably be pretty peaceful okay i'm with you on the i'm i'm with you on the tent yeah like if it was like you have to stay at the tent and you cannot go into civilization i might have a different answer yeah but, like, if it's just sleeping in the tent for three months, I, I think I would be fine with that. Okay. And you can pitch the tent anywhere you want. Like, if I wanted to pitch the tent in a Walmart parking lot, I could. Although, why Why would you? Why would you? But you, I yes. wouldn't. But I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can pitch the tent wherever you want, you can also pitch it right next to your favorite place to go eat. And, uh, yeah. You, you, yeah, you can pitch it in your mom's backyard. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you know, you can still use the shower. You can still use the bathroom. You just have to sleep outside. And there's not a shower in the airport terminal for your use. So. Right. And if it is, and if, the, if there is one, it's going to be like a gross public shower. Yeah. Um. So usually there is an easy way for me to transition into a new question because me and uh, our little sister Katie um, just think so aligned yeah but you don't have a camping related question or airport terminal oh I wow. am amazing this is the first time we haven't connected at all so we're just gonna have to make a hard pivot here yeah we're gonna take we're gonna take a hard left and i'm gonna ask you to explain to me your ultimate pizza experience oh okay um <laughs> and when i mean ultimate pizza experience um for those of you who are not in the united states uh, across our our great country, you can find pizza in many shapes, sizes, and forms. And so I'm curious what Hannah Bennett considers to be the best pizza experience. 
Uh, there's a lot of like hubbub of New York pizza versus Chicago pizza, but I'm here to tell you that every state, city, and region has its own kind of spin on it. So I'm curious, like thick crust, um, thin crust pizza pie, DiGiorno, uh, DiGiorno, <laughs> cauliflower crust, uh, no cheese, heavy cheese, pesto, like what toppings above the cheese, below the cheese, what kind, like just like lay it out for me. If I, if I needed to woo you with a pizza, what would it be? I, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of the thin, the super thin crust that we get I thought you were going to say, I'm not the biggest fan of pizza. And oh, was- no. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so you don't love a super thin crust, is what I'm hearing. Um, I'm not necessarily the New York style pizza kind of girl. I feel like admitting this on my podcast, considering I still live in the New York area, is maybe inviting retribution in some way. New I York don't know. style pizza is not my favorite style of pizza, so... I live okay, so in Brooklyn, both of us, so. both of us are now gonna like people are gonna come for us, right? Yeah. But that's okay. Um, listen, this is this is gonna sound like I'm really sucking up, considering I've already talked about how cool my mom is on this episode. But my family does pizza night every single Friday down where they live, and okay. they try different pizzas all the time and then rate them. Love that. Love an Excel spreadsheet for pizza. Yeah, that's what they have. They have this huge spreadsheet of all the different kinds they've tried. They've done this for years years and years now. So they've got hundreds of different types of pizzas that they've tried and rated. Love that data point. Love that sample size. And my mom's got lots of good practice of making the very best pizzas, uh, homemade pizzas. And she's got all the best equipment for it. Um, And she makes a damn fine pizza. And my favorite that she makes has... um, so you can get what's called bacon sugar. It's kind of spicy, sweet rub that you put on a slice of bacon and it caramelizes it and it makes it so it's like really, really delicious bacon. Okay. And so she has a, a pizza with like that bacon broken up on it and figs and um, I think it, there's like some cream cheese on it hmm. and I can't remember what else kind of cheese, but it's a very like unique combination yeah. and it is so incredible so um so your answer is my mom's pizza yes and i told you that's gonna sound like i'm sucking up particularly since my mom is one of the only people who probably listens to this podcast you also already talked about how your mom's a badass and is hiding on the that's what i said it's gonna sound like i'm sucking up because i already just talked about how cool she is you do know that mother's day already passed yeah I can't help that she makes a better pizza. Well, okay, then walk me through her pizza a little bit more. Uh, What thickness of crust are we talking about? Is it like a Neapolitan, like very thin, or is it like more of a chewier crust? It's It's kind of in the middle. It's it's not thick crust, and it's not the New York thin kind of crust. It's it's kind of in the middle, and it's handmade and hand-tossed and all of that. Yeah, and... Are we like heavy cheese situation, light cheese situation? Is there a tomato sauce? Do you know I can't even remember all of the elements of it, so I'm not even going to try. Maybe maybe part of it is the love that goes into it. Yeah, that's what I think it might be. I think it also might be probably like the Chardonnay it's served with and also like the good memories of 
home and laughter. No, it's damn good bacon as part of it. <laughs> it's really good. And like, it's a good combination of flavors. So anyway, I guess my ultimate pizza experience would be that at home with my family, but we've also invited Jensen Ackles. And there you have it. The ultimate- okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a really good answer. It's not where I thought we were going. I thought this was going to be I more know. of a of a, a conversation of ingredients um, than it was of, like, familial love and Jensen Eccles. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, then you don't know me well enough. <laughs> but that's the beauty of the show. It takes us to surprising and unexpected places. So I really, I appreciate that. I think my answer... Really? Now you can go. Now you can go into whatever you want to talk to me about oregano. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I feel like I can't compete with uh, the pizza that my mother makes for me out of love and care that she's put like twenty years of weekly (laughs) like experience into. You know, like that's. I, I don't know if but I can tap that. You can you can talk about it in the original way that you intended the question. I'm assuming you already had a favorite type of pizza, maybe from a favorite restaurant or from a favorite like location. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that I like Detroit style pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why? I've never had Detroit style pizza. Um, that surprises me a lot. Um, I guess I don't know why it surprises me a lot. I don't because my family's from Michigan, maybe. No, it just surprises me a lot because it's really good pizza. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and there's also, like, some very good Detroit-style pizza places in the city, like, in New York. Um, you, don't have, you don't have to really go searching for it. But um, Detroit-style pizza is, for those who don't know. So me, then. And any of our listeners who <laughs> might not know the, the good word. Uh, so Detroit-style pizza is built, is, like, cooked in a square pan and there the the most distinguishing feature of it is that there's no exposed edges so you put the cheese all the way to the end Mm -hmm. um so you get this like very crunchy caramelized cheese crust as opposed to like a bread crust that does sound good cheese crust does sound good it's very it's very good uh you know like the best part of the grilled cheese is the cheese that fell into the pan yeah yeah for sure (laughs) Yeah, so you get a whole ring of that around your pizza. Um, I personally think normal crusts are just a waste. Like, why not put cheese and sauce on that part? I don't understand why we need a handle. Um, Anyway, so there's that. And then the other distinctive thing about Detroit-style pizza is instead of, like, sauce all over the pizza, you put it, like, in two little strips down the rectangular pizza, and then you put all of your toppings on top of that. Um, it's very good. It's very tasty. And that does very sound unique. good. I, I will say I'm glad to hear the, the larger description because when you first started talking about it as like the square pizza with no crust, immediately what I was imagining were those lunch at like school, <laughs> school lunch pizzas. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? It, yes. Just square yeah, with no crust. <laughs> No, it's not a school lunch pizza. It's much thicker than that. So it's about an inch to an inch and a half thick. And you also coat the bottom of the pan with olive oil. So the bottom of the crust kind of like fries a little bit. It's really good. I'm going to need to go get some Detroit style pizza now. It's a little easier for me to go try yours than it is for you to go try mine. 
I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I think that your mother would be thrilled to cook me pizza. So. Oh, she would, but you would have to, you know, travel I can't wait. states away. Okay, well, you're invited. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to yeah. say, I'm taking this as a formal invitation uh, to Friday night <laughs> pizza night. Uh, that's the whole reason I wrote this question, frankly. It was just to get get a, a formal invite on this big, sweet bacon pizza night. Great. And now that the world is opening up again, you have to take me to your favorite Detroit-style pizza restaurant, I think is what it is. Yeah, I don't want to promo anyone who's not paying us, so we can oh, talk yeah. about my favorite restaurant offline, but you know, it'll happen. Yeah. Awesome. And we didn't agree, so that's we excellent. We did not agree. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the end of the show when your hypothetical world includes you just eating your mom's pizza. It makes sense if I'm living in a tent. Yeah, because so my mom this is, is just you hanging out with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is just me camping with my mom. Um, so let's see if we can like... Sounds really nice. Sweeten the pot a little bit. Um, would you rather find out that your long-term boyfriend is an alien or a robot? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you legitimately the very first thing that popped into my brain which I'm embarrassed of, which was, well, a robot can't reproduce, but an alien might be able to. It just might be a, a, a mixed species baby. So, I love that. I love that your first thought is, who can give me child? My very first thought was like, which of them produces sperm? Apparently. <laughs> That's and, hilarious. I but. mean, to be fair, the answer is probably neither of them would be able to biologically yeah. give me a child. So we're going to move past that. But I was so tickled by my own initial impulse <laughs> that I felt I had to share it with you, even though it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I think an alien. Okay. Tell me more. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Because he has sperm. No. Because <laughs> he's alive. Um, th- there's too many. There's too many questions with the robot. So it, yeah. an alien is kind of exciting, right? An alien is a, a living creature with its own thoughts and yeah. has not been programmed. And yeah. uh, presumably, whatever whoever I've come to know, whatever his personality is, truly is his personality. He's just an alien. And then that opens yeah. up this whole world of exploration. Like, wow, okay, so first of all, first contact from me, of all people. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, and then it's like... Is it, is it, like, embarrassing that first contact with aliens is, like, you at a wine bar being like, so do you have any siblings? <laughs> And he, as an alien species, was like, interesting. This is their dating ritual. Yeah. This is how they mate. Mm-hmm. Just from a cultural anthropology standpoint, it, it's very interesting. I would ha- I would never get bored of him. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would have a lot of interesting things to say, I feel like. The robot makes me nervous. Be- maybe just because I've, <laughs> I've seen too many... Cylon related things where like a robot his brain is programmable so first of all is it artificial intelligence well, yeah or- so I want to remind you that vision exists 
Well, I guess that's my question because is he is he a robot that actually has his own thoughts and feelings or is he a robot whose personality has been programmed? And if so... Well, that's that kind of true him- of vision. Both of those things are true of vision, right? Like his, his personality was programmed, but the AI go so far as to ha- like allow him free will. But like your dis- his disposition theoretically was programmed. And what else was programmed into him? You don't know. You know, he'd be a font of information. Yeah. It'd be like dating Google. But, and, and you know, I, he would, also he wouldn't age. Well, the alien might age at a much like different speed than you age though. I mean, that's true. He, their life cycle might be like a cicada. I don't know. Or, yeah. I mean, you know, you just like, they could live to be, you know, 500. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. But a robot is a robot. Like, I know what a robot is. It's also not as interesting. It's just more, it just sounds more, um, like, it's not as interesting because it's human made versus that's like an alien, a whole other species. And it opens up so many doors versus... Yeah. A robot is human-made, and it's maybe more nefarious feeling because it's like, why did somebody build a robot boyfriend? <laughs> what was your purpose? Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my take. I mean, that's a fair take. It feels like you disagree. Well, but here's the thing. I had a lot of the same thoughts and feelings that you did. But when I look to popular culture to, like, find examples of these potential boyfriends, like, Vision, sign me up. Um, But then when I think (laughs) about, like, alien boyfriends in popular culture, or just, like, potential, like, aliens in popular culture, I think of, like, E.T. and Alf. Uh, I think of Men in Black and... But uh, none of those aliens are like part would beat Vision, you know. No, no. I mean, but the alien, I had to think he was a a, a human man. Yes, you so. Did. But what if he's just wearing like a skin suit and he has like another form? But a robot would really be wearing a skin suit too, when you think about it. Yeah, but like I like the idea that that skin suit is silicon and not just like someone else's body that they stole oh well i mean it's different if my alien boyfriend has <laughs> murdered someone and stolen their skin <laughs> i'm not choosing that option oh good <laughs> i'm very glad that we see eye to eye we usually argue about stupid things but i'm glad we can be on the same side for murder and using other people's <laughs> Uh, so wait are you telling me that if i choose the alien i have to have to sign on for murder skin suit no (laughs) i'm just saying it is one of the potential possibilities (laughs) with alien (laughs) yeah that's true but Terminator is one of the potential oh, possibilities. But with... also hot. I would I would yeah. bang T2. Like all of the the popular culture like robot men are like 
super attractive. All yeah. the alien ones kind of gross. So, I mean, that's that's true. Also, not are they're they're probably very strong. They're probably very good in bed. They've also been programmed with like a lot of human knowledge. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I feel much more torn about this question than you do. I do like the fact that the aliens are organic matter. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a nice thing to have yeah. in a boyfriend. <laughs> organic matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, my my position is kind of like I, it doesn't really matter to me. Because if I've been dating them this whole time with the belief that they are human, it doesn't really matter what they actually are if, in in like in practice they're like indecipherable from a human man but that's not how this game works <laughs> <laughs> but like that's kind of my answer also, is, like it doesn't really also, matter to me it does matter because oh. the robot boyfriend it might be like a sleeper it might be a cylon <laughs> You know what I mean? You were very concerned that the robot boyfriend is going to one day wake up with, like, new orders from someone. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, but the Um, alien could have that, right? Like, the alien could one day, like, get word from their leader that they have to do something terrible. But he would have a choice. By then, he would love me. You know? He, He wouldn't... He wouldn't just have to blindly follow orders. I'm assuming I, that this robot has sophisticated enough AI that it also has a choice. Like okay. Vision has a choice. Term- Terminator yeah. has a choice. Like he's it's not just like blind programming for either of them. And you're right that the robot boyfriend is much hotter. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely locking in robot boyfriend. All right, I think I'm gonna lock in alien boyfriend. Cool. Just, I just like some organic matter in my boyfriends. That's how I feel. I'm glad. I'm really glad for you that you're going to have that. Um, would you rather have a superpower all the time or be able to do magic one day a year? <laughs> for the briefest of seconds, I really was imagining like doing magic like a magic show. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> Would you rather be able to fly or occasionally do a card trick? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, like a Hogwarts level magic. What kind of magic? Hogwarts level magic. Hogwarts level magic one day a year or constant superpower? Yeah. Um, I would choose constant superpower. Which superpower would you choose? Um, Well, I mean, I guess thinking back to a, a previous episode that we did where we talked about like what the best superpowers are yeah at the time i chose telekinesis yeah where i could just move anything i wanted with my mind well kind of like jean gray or matilda <laughs> very, very different ends <laughs> of that very spectrum different uh right. ends of the spectrum for sure yeah but i will say very very recently i watched an x-men movie and I was reminded that another very awesome superpower to have would be the super speed, like Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is, or like the Flash. That is a really powerful, first of all, you could travel anywhere you wanted to. I wish that I could 
travel home in a blink, you know? So, But I feel like it takes a toll on your body. Well, I mean, not not really. It doesn't seem to with Quicksilver. He just acts like a badass and... Yeah, I just wonder if people who have to fly or, like, have super speed or whatever, if, like, their metabolism is just so high that they're, like, gonna die by the time they're 40. Oh, I thought you were gonna say that they have to eat all the time, and I was like, (laughs) bring it. (laughs) Well, I also, like, I just, I I worry about their knees, you know what I mean? A lot of impact. I guess so. I don't, I haven't seen... The Elder Years X Men movies in which yeah. Quicksilver becomes a you know a hobbling a sixty five year old who's had two knee resurg- or two knee replacements and two hip replacements. So yeah, I mean, let's assume it it wouldn't hurt your body. Um, it is a superpower. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. we can grant it. Let's so I think I would choose one of those two things rather than being able to do magic. I'm surprised. The thing really? for me. For me, magic is so much more powerful because it's like you can do anything. Whereas superpower is like you know one spell, but like with magic, you have all the superpowers before a day. Yeah, but what 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 are you gonna do for that one day a year? Anything I fucking want. <laughs> <laughs> I would go fucking nuts. Um, I would conjure. What would you do with it? I would conjure a bunch of stuff. Um, I would enchant some stuff. I would have an enchanted broom that just cleans for me. And yes, that is a Roomba. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yes. That's Fantasia. It also that. Um, I don't know. I just think like it's magic, you know, just to know that I could do whatever I wanted for like one day a year. Seems like I I would go really really. I would for- make myself go really really fast, and I would have a flying broomstick, and I would like. Uh, I would, I would like maybe make a bunch of potions that I could, you know, take throughout the year because like I did the magic that's like front-loading your magic, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And if you enchanted a bunch of things, maybe that enchantment continues Yeah, the enchantment lasts for the year, you know? But then you would want access to that power and not be able to have it. Like, how frustrating would that be? To, to have something happen where you're like, I desperately need to have my magical abilities right now, but I got to wait another seven months. See, <laughs> I don't know what this says about me. I think it's very <laughs> telling. But the only scenario in which I feel like I would be desperate to have my magical abilities early was, would be to, like, spite someone. <laughs> and <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. My first instinct when you said that was like someone was mean to me and I wish I had my magic now to teach them a lesson. And my wow. answer to that is I would just put it on my list for <laughs> <laughs> Karma's a bitch, y'all. <laughs> I would just put it on my list for November twenty third and you know I would take care of it then. I guess to me it it feels like if I had telekinesis, that's like having magic to me because there's so much that you could do with that. Not, ju- you know, it's not just being able to run fast um, or there's a lot you could do with that, too. But it it would so make up for it in my mind, the fact that I could do it all year round. I feel like I could find so many purposes for it. And the magic might be useful, but I, I guess I just... I can't think of what I would need it 
to do for one day that I couldn't figure out having superpowers for my whole life. That's so, see, I love versatility, you know? I would love <laughs> to do, like, you know, once a year I do some divin like, some divining so I know the future a little bit, get some lottery numbers, so, like, that's my money done, you know? I could... Yeah, but what do uh, I need money for? I mean, I... I have superpowers. I'm sure I have found a way to make money off of it. If you've seen The Incredibles 2, you will know that being a superhero doesn't pay great. (laughs) Okay, then I will use my superpowers to steal some money. No, I wouldn't. God, I'm lame. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I use my magic to get some money so I don't have to work all year. I would, like, front load a bunch of, like, good luck potions and stuff like that so i had i would have like excellent luck throughout the year you know i would have some like you know charmed toads or whatever to you know if someone's <laughs> mean to me i could put it in their lunchbox and yeah but if someone's mean to me i i can fuck with them all year long i that's can just true. make them slap themselves immediately <laughs> just like <laughs> put ice down their pants <laughs> Just imagine every single person who does wrong by you, you make them slap themselves in public and then they, but they don't know it was you. So they just have to explain to everyone who's looking at them why they just slap themselves in the face. Yes, you could. I mean, you definitely could do that. Um, I'm trying to appeal to this part of you that is apparently concerned about those who have wronged you. Yeah, I don't know why that's my first thought (laughs) about what I would use my magic for, but it's definitely what I would do it use it for but also the thing is like when I was talking about what my superpower would be it was to um the power of persuasion you know you were you were gonna mind control everyone which again you could use to get all the money that you wanted and all the you could use that to get all the same stuff that you're talking about here you don't have to like instead of instead of putting a charm on a broom you could just tell people to clean up your apartment and they would have to do it yeah but there's something much more whimsical about having magic as opposed to just being like a mind control Kilgrave. person yeah yeah i agree with you i still think mind control is is pretty sh- shady myself but. yeah let me walk away from the villainhood okay i think okay. like we should be encouraging this line of thought in me um, i do like the whimsical nature of the magic although i will point out that number three on your list was enchanted toads so i don't know i mean i am who i am <laughs> but i do think that this indicates growth so yeah no you're right your original thought was how can i clean my apartment and make some good money yeah (laughs) honestly truly my thoughts every day (laughs) right (laughs) that really is just a microcosm of where i'm at um okay well i guess we disagree so let's let's keep on this like magic superpower momentum for a moment so you meet a psychic they can either tell you how to reach your biggest dream or avoid what would be your life's biggest tragedy. What do you choose? Oh, the dream. No really? hesitation. No hesitation. Wow, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm surprised. You can't avoid tragedy. Everyone's got some in their lives. The the end comes for all of us eventually. But if this was like we could put you on a path that like this big tragedy doesn't happen. 
you would be like, no. I don't know. I guess maybe this is like just the philosophy, but I would want to know that I achieved my dreams in my life before I leave, you know? I, I want to have the opportunity to, to do the things that I care about before I leave. And, you know, if bad things happen to me along the way, which they are sure to. Um, do you have that one biggest dream in your head of, like, what it would be that you would want to – like, you don't have to say what it is, but, like, is there, like, a thing that I'm – torn, I'm torn between two things. See, my take on this is, like, I don't really know what my biggest dream is. So, like, I don't even know what I would ask about for the dream. Uh, I've got, like, four. It's hard for me to choose between them. Yeah, but you would have to only ask about one of them. Yeah, but any one of them. If I could make it happen. Okay, we're going to offline about what your big dreams are because I feel like I need some um, direction in my life. I mean, well, okay, so one of them, I'll I'll talk about it. That's not that weird. One of them is becoming a successful author to the point where that could be my job. Sure. Right? Because that is something I love to do and it would it would mean that I was successful and had plenty of money and had plenty of personal freedom and yeah. had plenty of creativity and got to um, connect with people on an artistic level and uh, and maybe tour around and have fans. Maybe I'd get to see my work made into other media. Yeah. Um, There's so many wonderful offshoots of that. And so if I could achieve that, then I'm just thinking about me on my deathbed. I'm thinking about would I have, would I rather have avoided the negative thing or have achieved this amazing goal that probably sustained me through many happy years? Yeah. And I'm having trouble thinking of, you know, even if I was in a horrible car accident, I would want to take that back, but I, not at the expense of if I was able to. You know, it's like if I had to choose, you can either not have this awful thing happen to you or not have this amazing dream come true. I think but, I would still but want to dream. that's the thing, though, is like the dream could still come true, you know, like without her advice. Eh, probably <laughs> not. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how, like – that's the that's so I think I, I read this question very different than you mm-hmm. because one I feel like I don't have a clearly defined dream so I'm just like I wouldn't even know what to ask about so like it feels better to like know how to avoid a trap like the, the tragedy yeah. I wouldn't know about anyway so it's like that feels a little bit more like actionable and I also think about like it would be if I had a very clearly defined goal I myself could like figure out a plan of attack and try to like make that happen and like spend my resources doing that but like the tragedy would be so in my mind at least is so unpredictable that it's not like there's no way for you to prepare for it there's no way for you to like without that psychic's help there's no way for me to do anything about that I think the difference really is that I have a defined dream in my head that feels not achievable without help so that's probably why I have this different take on it. Because I think you're right. I think you're right that a lot of dreams you can just work towards yourself and that a lot of terrible things in your life, there's they come out of the blue and there's absolutely nothing you can do about them. And, you know, I know that really awful things can happen that hurt your your quality of life for many, many years. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay that. 
I mean, I don't think your answer is bad. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I just think I, I'm surprised a little bit. Um, to me, it feels a little bit I, – I, I don't think I was thinking about it quite the same way as you. I was thinking about it a little bit more philosophically. To me, it was a little bit more better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Mm-hmm. That's That was kind of where my head was at. Your head yeah. was very practical, yeah. which was – Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you're never going to avoid all suffering, right? Like, I, like, recognize that. I just think it's, like – I guess maybe in my life, and this is just, like, it's, like, for me, throughout my life, it's been a lot harder to avoid suffering than it has been to reach my goals. Yeah. I think I just have very unrealistic goals. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's, I, I feel like I don't have enough goals, so. Uh, <laughs> this is you. excellent, though. We haven't agreed, like, at all at today. All. Yeah. I'm Love very it. excited. Love that for us. Um, I also feel like I need some sage right now, or I need to throw salt over my shoulder, or yeah, for talking about all that tragedy stuff. Well, yeah, I just feel like by by choosing what I've just chosen, I've just cosmically invited calamity into my life. And like, as soon as we stop recording this podcast, I'm going to trip over my table or something. I mean, it is Mercury retrograde, so. actually worried like can somebody please get their magical powers for a day and do a spell on me to um cleanse whatever i've just put out there (laughs) to the universe yeah um so one day you get a check in the mail for five thousand dollars with no explanation great would you cash it (laughs) i knew that's what you're gonna say (laughs) no i would not what would you do with it would you just like hold on to it and hope an explanation came like what would you what would be your plan of attack yeah five thousand dollars yeah it's not a life-changing amount of money but it would be nice to have yes it would be very nice to have but i would be very i don't know why but i would feel like i was doing something illegal even though i wasn't (laughs) it's in your name someone made out the check to you uh, no, I would be too worried about what strings there. There are strings attached to this, <laughs> some somehow, right? I mean, nobody just gives you five thousand dollars, no strings attached. If you cash it, you are talk about inviting calamity into your life. <laughs> um, that's funny. I had a very different take. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. Yeah, I would absolutely cash it. No, would no you second. really? Yeah, absolutely. Without what? It's in my name. It's my money. <laughs> you don't know. You never find out where it came from. I would assume well, some sort of letter or explanation was coming, but no, I wouldn't wait I would, around for someone to tell me what it was. I would hang on to it until I knew where it came from and what it was. Why? <laughs> I don't. I would immediately cash it and have like this. I would ask around, but like, who do you even ask? Like, I don't even know. Well, the, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Who do you? It's not like you can go to the cops and be like, somebody sent me five thousand dollars, and I don't. Well, I know guess who. if it's a check, it should say who it's from, right? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it probably does. I guess I would do some research about it. But if I couldn't get to the bottom of it, I would be like, wow, cool. The universe is really looking out for me. Let me just preface this by saying I just listened to the whole Dirty John podcast. Oh, yeah. And 
I don't know. It, it just, I feel like there are going to be some weird legal ramifications or someone's going to come looking for it or asking for it, or you're going to have inadvertently helped somebody launder money, or you're going to have, somebody's going to have like stolen that money and sent it to you, or somebody's going to, I don't, I don't know. It just feels weird because why it would it feels come to weird. You? But, like, I can't think of a legal way in which I would be in trouble. Maybe you wouldn't be in trouble, but maybe morally you'd be in trouble. The thing is, like, if someone came to me and was like, hey, uh, that check wasn't meant for you. That was meant for my my great aunt, Shelby Samsel. Right. It accidentally got sent to you. Whatever. I would just then give them the $5,000 back. Like... I'm imagining a world in which I always have $5,000, <laughs> and maybe that's, that's wrong of me. I think that's fair. Yeah, I guess you could give it back. I think I would just assume it was an accident. or what. If I wasn't expecting someone to give me $5,000, I would assume that it's not meant for me, it's not supposed to be mine, or, or there's something yeah, wrong with the money, or... Yeah, I, I think it would, I would assume it was a clerical error. But, it, like, I wouldn't assume that the burden of responsibility on fixing that clerical error resided on me. And so, it, I, you know, I would be like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to cash the check. Um, might invest it or something. Um, and then maybe I'll make some interest off of it in the meantime. And if someone comes looking for it in a couple months, maybe I made, you know, 10% of that on, like, dividends or whatever. And then, it's so interesting because I, I think that your answer is the logical answer. Yeah. I think it makes very good sense. It's very practical and it's probably the right answer. But everything in my body, <laughs> if I think about doing it, everything in my body clenches up. I, I don't, I, I just don't think I, I could. It feels wrong somehow. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it it feels weird. I would be weirded out about it. But I would also be like, if I don't know how to give this back to them, there's no point in sitting on this check, you know? Um, I'll cash it, and if someone ever contacts me about it, I'll have a conversation with them. But until that time, you know, I'm going to try to make some interest on this. All right. Well, you're going to be able to afford a better tent than me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And maybe at the end of my life, I, like earmarked five thousand dollars specifically to go to charity yeah okay um and on that note we're we're just really disagreeing like crazy we'll see if we disagree on this right would you still go out with him your boyfriend six months everything's lovely he's perfect you've never been happier but then you get you start to get to know his best friend who lives in your town and your boyfriend goes hangs out with every thursday night and his best friend is terrible. Like, the worst person you've ever met. Like, Ted Cruz terrible. Yeah, like, politically, just, like, could not be worse. Yikes. That is a very good question. Yeah. And when you talk to your boyfriend about how much you dislike him, your boyfriend's like, yeah, well, we grew up together. He's like my brother. I don't agree with all of his views, but like he's had my back for so many years. Like he's so loyal. I guess my question is, so I've been dating this guy for six months. Supposedly we've had talks about our values and our views. And he he shares my values, my yeah, views? Yeah, he does. 
Um, but like clearly not strong enough to get rid of this guy in his life. That's tough though that it's a childhood friend who feels kind of like a brother because that's a kind of, it's almost like a family tie. You know, we all have people in our family that we totally disagree with them on everything, but they're still our family, you know? Um or, or friends we've yeah, known like forever. Yeah, but like how much time are you spending with that right. that uncle with shitty views, you know? You're not like right. getting a beer with him every Thursday. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Boy, that is a really, really tough question because I, I want to say I'd still go out with him because he's not his friend and I don't have to hang out with his friend. And if my boyfriend understands that I don't like his friend and I don't want any part of it, that I don't have to participate. And I wouldn't probably like it if my boyfriend didn't like one of my friends and tried to cut him, like cut them out of my life. I wouldn't feel like that was fair. So I want to say I would still do it, but it, it it's like such a red flag that he doesn't... Yeah. That he doesn't care enough. Well, it's one thing not to cut somebody out of your life. That's a very personal decision. But to spend every single Thursday together, I I would wonder, like, what are you getting out of that relationship? Maybe he's getting something out of it that I don't know about or understand. And I don't think it's my job as his girlfriend to dictate who he can be friends with. But... It would probably be the source of all of our conflicts. <laughs> it yeah. would probably be the thing we fight about, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're being a lot more generous than me, uh, <laughs> frankly. Uh, to me, I don't know how you're friends with someone who has such radically different views than you. But, like, I, I'm not just talking about someone who, like, is a Republican, right? Like, I'm talking about someone who is a Republican and is also racist and is also, like, sexist. And, you know, like, to me, yeah. that sounds like someone I couldn't hang out with. Like, I would dread having to spend any time with this guy. Right. It's weird to me that, like... And, and why would he spend time with someone who's racist and sexist? And what does that say about him? Yeah, well, that... But also, like, it's weird to me that, like, yes, you grew up with this guy, but, like, you're an adult now. Like, you can make new friends. Like, have you... Like, I think most people are not still best friends with the person they were best friends with at five. And there's a reason for that. Because, yeah, like, the... but I think that when they are, it's because that person has become sort of family level at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like... You have the ability to make new friends that don't suck. And if you don't have the ability to make new friends who don't suck, that says something about you. Like, I'm not here for blind loyalty. Like, I even yeah, if you have a family member who sucks that hard, get rid of them. Like, I'm not in, like, to me, it's just, like, shitty boundaries and, like, a, a weird emphasis on, like, history and loyalty that I don't think actually serves anyone is just, like, that's an excuse to hold on to toxic relationships that I, like, don't think is cool. Yeah, it's clearly a red flag about him being able to set boundaries. I'm In my brain, I'm imagining it's like, they both got in trouble when they were kids in their youth, and then he went to prison for him and never ratted. So it's like an after-school special. And so he feels like he owes him for the rest of his life. Yeah, but that's unhealthy. Like, that's codependent in, <laughs> yeah. in a not good way. Like, I just, like, I don't know how, if my if my boyfriend 
And it's not, again, it's like an active relationship. Like if he had a friend who he saw two times a year who kind of sucked, but like he was, he was part of the friend group when he went home, you know, that I could let slide. Cause it's like, it's not worth making a big to do about it. You know, we see him twice a year. It can be unpleasant, whatever. But like for him to be like, yeah, to be, for him to be like actively like, this is my best friend. I hang out with him every week. Like, it just makes me think he has bad character judgment. This is going to sound very uncharitable. Uh, So I I apologize in advance to men in general. (laughs) But That should be something we say at the start of every show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe that should be our sign off. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And we apologize to the men. Goodbye. (laughs) But I feel like I know men who... The person that they call their best friend is, one, not really their best friend in terms of what and a deep emotional level they get to with that person. It's just like I've known them the longest. And two, I feel like I've known guys who their best friend is just someone they sit and have a beer with and watch whatever game is on. So it could very well be that this person calls him his best friend and they hang out every week, but they don't talk about any of that stuff of meaning and importance. They sit and have a beer and talk about sports. And he has other friends that are actually closer relationships, but this is just his like activity buddy who he's known a long time and who he used to call his best friend, so he still does because it's hard not to. You know what I mean? I I feel like maybe this doesn't have to be his like closest, bestest relationship. And when I say that I apologize to all men, I I don't mean to belittle your friendships. I know many, many men have really excellent non-shallow friendships. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, if if this is the case where he just, like, doesn't really have very many close friends and the ones he does have, he has, like, superficial relationships with, so, like... The, the meat of their character doesn't impact his relationship with them. That's not good either. Like that's well, but I'm saying he has other friends who have he has a close bond with, and but he hasn't known them as long. And then he just knows this guy forever and sees him, and they don't talk about anything important. I think that's a that would be wild to me if a guy actually did that. Because I, cause I agree with you up until the last part where I, like, I have known men who have, like, very superficial relationships and thus, like, people get grandfathered in. Yeah. But, like, it would be wild to me if he had much better genuine friends that he was just, like, not fully valuing. I don't call anyone my best friend because sure. I have so many good friends. But I, I can imagine if you've got a ton of people that you love and care about – But the person you call your best friend, it's like me saying that The Princess Bride is my favorite movie. I say that because I've said it since I was five, right? And it's it's like it's not really saying that there's never, ever been another movie that's better. Although, actually, now that I think about it, there hasn't. But, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like that's what I've called you since we're five. You're my best friend since we're five, you know? I think that's just against the spirit of the question, right? Like, the question is, his best friend is this terrible guy. And so I think we have to take it at face value that this guy is actually his best friend and not just a weird label. All right. Then maybe he does have kind of shallow friendships in general. Yeah. I can see that. He could learn, though. He could learn to have to cultivate other I'm, friendships. I'm over teaching men. <laughs> 
I am not interested in being the emotional Sherpa to any more broken men. Um, <laughs> oh time that I will never be compensated for. Um, so, yeah, that's the... When I was dating, like, before I met my boyfriend, that was, like, a big thing for me uh, that I really, really, like, belabored a lot was, like, I don't, like, I've dated men who didn't have friends before um, or, like, didn't have, uh, like, close friends, really. And shockingly, all of those men turned out to be incredibly emotionally unavailable. (laughs) They were not the best. Like, if they don't have good friends, they probably won't be a very good boyfriend because they're just, like, not good at going deep. So. I guess so. I think the difference between you and me is, like, I would want to see how it plays out, I guess. Because maybe maybe after he has been with me for a while, he pulls back from that friend or maybe he makes other friends or maybe he – listens to me when I talk about how he he should learn boundaries or whatever I mean yeah there's room for growth maybe yeah the the problem here is that like you've been dating him for six months and like I can't like at what point do you or are you like I gotta go because it's like yeah you meet like I wouldn't break up with him the moment I meet his racist best friend right like right I would go home that night and be like what the fuck was that he's terrible do you not see all the ways in which he's terrible and then you'd be like you're right but like he has all these other like good qualities and I've known forever blah 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 blah, blah. and I, I think we would probably fight about it for a lot for a long time I would be like I don't care that you've known him for a long time he's saying really terrible things And eventually I think I would have to draw a line in the sand of like, I can't spend my time with someone who thinks this way and who talks this way and who makes me so uncomfortable. Um, And so I don't want to make you choose. Like, this is clearly a really important relationship in your life. But like this, I don't think this relationship is working for me because I can't be around this dude. Yeah, I I feel like I would eventually have to make sure that I wasn't around him anymore. And that might spell the end of the relationship. Maybe I'm just letting it peter out more slowly. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think mine would be an immediate dumping either because it's just like such a weird situation to be in where it's like, we are fine. Like, I don't have any issue with you. My issue is with like the fact that you're not willing to let go of toxic people in your life. And that to me is like a sign of cowardice and poor boundaries. So I think this question is hard because I just don't know at what point I give up on that. But it's a slow, there's, there's just no immediate severing of ties in this question. I think this is the one question we agree on. It just like the pacing of it might be slightly different, but it's hard to say what it would look like. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Well, so what does your hypothetical world look like? Well, if the guy was also an alien, it might make it easier (laughs) to break up with him. No wonder he's friends with that guy. He just doesn't know. I'm picturing your boyfriend is like a grown-up E.T. And <laughs> the guy is like the little boy who found E.T. But he Elliot. like... all Yeah, Elliot. But he like also fell into QAnon as he was growing <laughs> up. <laughs> but, but E.T.'s like... Yo, we did the basket in the bike thing together. I can't right. I can't right. get rid of him. He's dumb. Elliot, he's he's the first person I ever met who was a human. <laughs> he taught me how to be a human. He like, fed me Reese's pieces. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, 
you know, just like he's a dumb human. He doesn't know any better. Right. <laughs> it, all of you humans have your foibles. So. <laughs> yeah. Like from his perspective, it was just like, well, you're all dumb. So <laughs> like, what well, doesn't matter? Anyway, well, that's that puts a new spin on this. This uh, I, I don't know if that would make me more or less likely to break up with him. Probably more. Well, so also from my perspective, of if this guy is a robot, I, I'm right about the like the very surface level emotional connections and how that's shitty. At least I would have some yummy Detroit style pizza and $5,000 from my mysterious benefactor. In your tent. In my tent. I would have a very nice tent. Yeah, I mean, so apart from the alien boyfriend with boundary issues, <laughs> I'm mostly just camping with my mom <laughs> eating her pizza. But you do know how to become a world best-selling author. Not only that, but I have superpowers. Oh, right. So. I can do magic one day here. <laughs> Why are we living in tents? <laughs> to be close with nature. Yeah, we're both taking small nature retreats, but generally speaking, I'm a best-selling author and superhero. <laughs> This is the best hypothetical world you have ever had. Yeah. Maybe the tragedy that I was unable to escape because of my choices was... Was dating the dating alien. A, d- dating a QAnon-loving alien. Honestly, I'd take it. <laughs> and you don't need that $5,000 because you're like this amazing author. Yeah, but some tragedy will befall me. So, So what's the rest of your... Your world, you can do magic. I can do magic one day a year. I have an extra five grand in my bank account. Which you do not need because you are magic. Which I don't need because I'm magic, but also I don't need because I'm living in a tent, so I'm incredibly (laughs) frugal. Um, I was dating a robot for a while, but I got really sketched out about his emotional unavailability, and then I found out he was a robot, and I was like, checks out, bye. And I like Detroit-style pizza. So yeah. that's it's a pretty good world. I don't think it's quite as good as yours because, like... But you avoided tragedy, I think. Yeah, I avoided I that, like, really horrible mugging situation that was right. going to go down. But, like, I, I escaped that, like, dire violence. So... I didn't, but then I wrote a best-selling book about it, so... <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I... It does sound like your world's a little bit better, so maybe I'm <laughs> rethinking that question a little bit. But overall, I think we both, you know, pretty unscathed. You got pizza in a tent, so you're good. Yeah. Honestly, there have been worse worlds, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Arguments About Nothing. I hope you had a laugh. Um, I hope you are thinking about what your alien boyfriend would be like. Yeah, and we would like to um, encourage you all to subscribe, to uh, rate us, and give us a review uh, to tell your friends. If you have any questions for us, you can get in touch with us by following us on Arguments About Nothing on Instagram or emailing us at argumentsaboutnothing at gmail.com. But in the meantime, we'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo, and we'd like to thank all of you for listening. And And I'd like to thank my mom for all the pizza. And until next time, keep fighting.